When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. Welcome to the Future Rich Podcast. I'm your host, Barbara Gitti, and I'm also a CFP and a certified financial planner. And today we have a follow-up interview with our former guest, Trish. Hi, Trish. Hi. Welcome back. Thank you. So it's been just over a year since we sat down mm-hmm. and talk about your finances. So what is new? And I must say, I gave so many people your daily budget worksheet. Really? I was The first yeah. thing I thought about, which is funny, was I actually stopped using it. Um, no, why? Because it was funny because I felt like it was getting a little, like the way I was tracking it was like making me like a little anxious almost about spending. And I'm sort of like, reevaluating my relationship with money so I kind of just I gave myself like a break from it for because I've been doing it for I think like two years you've been doing it for a long time so I was doing it since early 2017 and just like at the end of last year I was sort of noticing that I was making myself feel a little guilty for what I was spending so I just took a break and I've actually like it hasn't really affected my spending at all um it's anything I think I would say yeah I would say that I could I think that's probably a good idea because you want to have a a healthy relationship with money you don't want to feel guilty for you know spending because you are very conscious about what you spend and how you spend it and making sure you're tackling all the things you want um so I think I think that's a that's a positive change because I at this point you've already formed really good money habits yeah so that's what I was like actually like I'm just like beating myself up like sometimes when I was like entering in like oh I spent like this much on drinks like this much when I was out like why did I do that so I was just like maybe like lay off see if like you can still be responsible without it and then come back to it in like a few months and see if there's a different way to do it where I'm still able like I would like to just be a little more like goal oriented with my spent like so yeah, and so for our listeners, if you haven't listened to our first chat, you can listen to it on our website, and uh, it's Trisha's episode. I believe it was episode seven, so you're pretty early on, but you track l- literally every dollar that you spent in yeah. the spreadsheet. Yeah, and I was doing it manually, and it was helpful because I think it did create like good spent like daily spending habits, and it's like, oh, I stopped using it, and I haven't really noticed if anything, a different and a little less because I'm less conscious of it almost like like that's interesting well and I, I just feel like you just that got you into such a habit of you are very 
proactive with when when you how and when you spend your money. And when we were talking last time, you had a lot of roommates, right? Or I had one roommate, and I'm still in a situation with one roommate. Um, my rent used to be cheaper, though. I went out. Okay, you moved to a newer a new apartment. Yeah, so I was about to move, and moving was like a big finance. Like it cost a ton of money, um, and my rent ended up going up. I used to pay. I was paying nine seventy five for like three years, and then like a thousand for a few months. But now I pay okay. twelve fifty, um, so it jumped up like quite a bit. But it hasn't impacted too much, I guess. Fully, um, I just got a raise. I think it was only like a few weeks ago, so I'm making around like seventy four, seventy five thousand a year right now. That's a big difference because you were at 64000 last year. Yeah, or maybe I'm closer to like, I think I maybe got my raise like right after. I, we get them in like April at MLB for some reason. Oh, so you probably got it right after we had met last year. Yes, because I think I went up to like seventy, and now I'm at like 74 That's great. That's a $10,000 raise in 12 months. Yeah, it was really nice. And it's like a nice, it matches up with my like cost of living and it's good. And I feel like 2018 I wasn't really saving money because um moving like cost a lot like my rent went up um and I was sort of like going through a battle of like putting money into my savings taking it out like putting money in taking it out for like all of 2018 it sort of felt like but actually in the last few months I feel like I'm getting back on track with like putting like part of my paycheck into my savings um, every pay period, like my savings is starting to like build up a little bit. Like I think I only have like four hundred dollars like on my credit card, like debt right now. Uh, I'm trying to think of what else has. Yeah, so give us give us an update, and um, just so the listeners know, remind us how old you are. Uh, twenty seven. Twenty seven, and you're making now a year later, uh, ten thousand more than you were in the first episode. You're at around seventy four thousand. Yeah, and so tell us. Give me an update on your on your accounts. Yeah, so I have I actually right before I started like called you, I updated my uh, my four hundred one k contribution. Oh, you did? You're like, oh no, I'm talking to her. I better up this. Yeah, so I upped it to it was only at four, which I know is still pretty low. So I upped it to five, especially with like the uh the with the rate. Yeah, perfect. Good, good job, Trish. <laughs> I was like, I know that's gonna be the advice. Um, I think I updated like one person the last year, which isn't great, but so I have about 20,000 in my 401k right now. I have 15,000 left in student loans, which isn't horrible. It's not as No, that's wonderful. I'm making progress on that. Yeah. Slow, but it's happening. Um, and still like every time I go home, my mom's like, we have to refinance and then we don't do it. Um, I have about 1800 in my checking account right now like 12,600 in my savings and about like 400 on my credit card. So that's like all across my, I think that those are my only accounts. Perfect. And then with your student loans, you're making principal payments. I have no idea. <laughs> I'm, not sure. <laughs> I, I'm sort of like in the dark about, cause my mom handles it. And right. I think I mentioned that last time. And now I like log in a little more, but I'm still not okay. like, like I know there's two different accounts. And that's yeah, there's definitely more. There's definitely more than one loan. Yeah. So with your so your raise just this most recent raise, right? You just got. Yeah. Have you noticed a difference in your paycheck? Yeah. So my paycheck is about like right over like two thousand right now. 
Is it like... And you're putting more in savings now after you got the raise? Yeah. So I was able to put like a thousand like immediately into my savings once I got the raise because I got a bonus as well. That was like 3600 but I put half of it in my 401k. Yeah. And then it was taxed, obviously. So ended up, I put like basically the whole bonus into my savings account. Perfect. That's fantastic. And yeah, you're right. I was going to tell you to up the 401k. <laughs> so I'll keep because I know that is like the most like the easiest thing to do. I think now because I don't, I think I mentioned it last year that I was like more interested in like investing because I have this money sort of sitting in savings. And then I kind of that like goal sort of like fell to the wayside because like I think moving ended up costing like $3,000 and I had to like replace a computer like around the same time. And then like just with the rent um, going up and I was dating someone who wasn't working at the time. Like, so that ended up sort of being like a hit on like my finances. Oh, because you were like paying for everything? Yeah. Um, oh, no. And that sort of relationship created like a lot of anxiety around money. And once I got out, like I, we ended it like the end of last year, early this year. And weirdly, since like we stopped dating, like I feel like my like income, like I felt a lot more calm about money. Um, Yeah, it's a big difference to go out and pay for one person than to go out and pay for two people. Yeah. And just because he was so anxious about it, that it made me anxious about it. And now that I've like relaxed a little bit, especially with not tracking, like I feel like I just am not like I look at my accounts and I'm like, oh, I actually like I don't have a reason to be stressed. Like I'm doing okay. Like my bill isn't that bad. Like nothing is like financially draining right now. And it's like, okay, I have like more than enough to like live. Like now, okay, what do I if I have this money and like I'm making a pretty decent income, I don't have a ton of expenses, like what? do I do next? No, that's a great question. So my, my follow-up to you is going to be, I know where I would want you to put your money, but what, cause I know you want to be more goal oriented this year. Yeah. What is one of your next goals? Is it to save up for a vacation or that's, tackle this? Go ahead. Yeah. No. So I get a little like confused about what I do want to be putting money towards because I do like travel, like at least like a couple of times a year and it's, I don't like I have enough in my savings and how much I make that I can like swing it. Yeah. And I don't really have to like save as aggressively for it. Like I'm going away in like two months to like Italy for like a week. And it's like, hasn't like I've paid for like my flight already, my hotel, like, and I'm like, Oh, actually like, it's not that like financially draining. Um, No, I mean, especially because you live in New York city. So I feel like, (laughs) yeah. It's the same cost to go and travel somewhere and eat out and everything. As just like existing here. As just existing in New York, yeah. Yeah. And so, and like, I'm like, do I want to have money in case like I want to change jobs at some point and like it might not be as stable? Do I want to save up to like leave New York? Like, I really don't know. So. (laughs) So then, so since you don't know, it never hurts to save money outside of your retirement account um but here's what i would what's your match again remind me what your match is um i just looked it up i think because it's like uh let me click into my account again it the only thing it said it was like um it was like just matches like a hundred like up to a hundred percent i guess so 
I guess it just matches my percent. I thought it was like um uh how do I put it like they contribute like a certain dollar amount for dollar, and like is it a dollar for dollar match up to a certain amount of money or like they um I don't know how to like phrase this the right way like they contribute like a set amount every year but I'm not like not sure okay so here's I I think that you could probably up it I'm going to challenge you to try and up it one more percent if you have extra money in your budget yeah a good target to get to for retirement savings is 10%. Mm-hmm. That's like a good benchmark in what they say in the industry. So try and have that as a target in your head. And then from there, I would put other, you can put other monies away. And even though you don't know what it's going to be for, whether it's to move, to leave the city, or because you want to switch jobs and maybe there's going to be a little bit of uh, time in between, or you might take a lower salary to do a career change or if it's for a house or whatever, it it doesn't matter what it'll be for. You can start saving for it now, even though you don't know. Yeah. And then you're very good with the budgeting. So I would I would try and, and up the 401k one more percent because then that gets you closer to your own contribution of the 10%. With your company match, you're probably over it. So you're in a good spot there. Yeah. And then I would figure out how much you have in your budget if it's like 150 or $200 a month and put that in a separate account for a long-term goal. Like that's TBD. <laughs> yeah. So that because that's what I'm doing because I have like 12000 in just like a savings account that mm-hmm. I don't like I had to touch when I moved and I was sort of like going back and forth of putting money in it and putting money like taking money out but it's just like $12,000 just like sitting there that I don't really have like a huge need for so I would like to figure out some like long-term like lower stakes investing situation where I could put like half of it and just like let it show let it grow yeah and the other thing I'm thinking but this is not, this is also a retirement goal is a Roth IRA. Yeah. Cause I don't know anything about Roth IRA. Like. <laughs> so a Roth IRA you can do because you're underneath the income limit for um, filing your taxes single. Mm-hmm. And a Roth IRA is my favorite vehicle because you put the money in after tax and then it, it grows tax deferred, meaning you don't pay tax on it while it's there. And then it comes out tax free after five years and you're over 59 and a half. Okay. But it sounds like you want to do more of a long-term goal where you have access to the money. Yeah. Okay. I do like the Roth. So jot that down. And if you ever, that could be another goal. I don't want to give you too many though. Yeah. No, it's okay. You're you're good. You're very, you're very diligent at the budgeting and like checking off everything. So I don't feel like I'll overwhelm you. Yeah. So Roth IRA, and then Roth IRA is just the vehicle. So inside of it, you can have investments and you should have investments given that you're 27 and you won't touch the money until you're 59 and a half. You don't want it in cash, right? You want to pick investments, mm-hmm. but you could also do uh, with your savings. I would, I would leave probably at least 1200, um, if not a little bit more, right? So that you have a good emergency fund since your rent is 1200. You yeah. probably want to get up to around 3000 of just money sitting there just to cover your bare expenses for three months, right? Yeah. And then after you get back up to that, which I have no doubt you'll you'll do quickly, um, then you could take that money over that number and you could invest it. Yeah, because that's what I was like, I'd like to have like a set amount in there always, but it's like, I don't need to have $12,000 just like. No, you don't need to have $12,000. Not with how well you do with the budget. Yeah. I'm just like <laughs> You're like my all-star budgeter. <laughs> I'm so glad that that's like helping people because it, I should like, it is a pretty thorough and easy to use doc. And I, 
I've given it to like a couple of my friends, but not a lot of people. And it's just interesting how like I've noticed like how all of us sort of talk about money and it's like, oh, I shouldn't be spending, but I am. And like, but I'm like, I have no idea if like any of my friends have a savings account, like how much credit, like, I don't know how much like debt is like a lot of debt or like whatever. And it's just like all very like blurry. And I know I'm doing okay. It is really blurry. And it's been really interesting to do the podcast. I feel like I'm getting so much data. I should create a benchmark. Yeah. So that you could be like, okay, this is where I rank. Because I think everybody wants to know. I think you're doing really, you're doing a, a very good job. You're just very diligent with how you spend your money and how well you save. Yeah. And it's interesting because I, ha- I have people like you and then I have other people that take on so much debt. And like, yeah. I can't get them to be diligent about their money. They're like, I feel like I need you to meet them. So like, how do you do it? How do you, how are you so disciplined with your spending? Um, I think like just growing up, like my parents were like, like, I just saw them, there was a lot of anxiety around money, like when I was growing up. And like, even though we had like a house and a home, like I could go to school and like exist, like totally fine and was provided for, like, there was just like this idea that my parents were making these like unstable financial decisions and it would cause them to like fight a lot and so I was just like scared of money for a while like what would happen if like you didn't have it and right um and I knew like that my parents were like very clear that they weren't going to support me like once they I graduated college um so I like I just never thought about it that much and it just sort of ended up like working out I definitely made decisions based on like the fact that I needed to make money um even though it didn't like necessarily align with my interests um like I took like I got into ad trafficking because I needed like a job that was going to provide and like gave me health care like etc um so you you choose financial stability because it provides you that peace of mind even though it's not always what you want yeah, so it's always just been this sort of, like, subconscious, like, guiding force, I guess, and I just am not, like, I have never spent, like, beyond my means, I guess. Yeah, and I just was always, and I didn't have a credit card for, like, a really long time, so, and, like, I was sort of, like, had this idea, like, oh, if I have a credit card, like, I'm gonna go crazy and do that, and, like, oh, like, I'm not, it's, like, I became, like, really responsible by, like, thinking I was really irresponsible, <laughs> um, which is, like, the best thinking, like, wouldn't necessarily recommend it, like, I wish I had, like, a little gentler, like, approach to, like, money or just more conscious, but I'm, like, happy how it turned out, but it just, like, I wish, that's why I stopped, like, doing the budgeting, because I'm trying to figure out, like, money is not something to be scared of and like you're fine like but how do you want to use it to like your advantage it's all about having a strategy like because I didn't like I ended up in the position I'm in by like not having a strategy which was okay but it like mental like I just was like yeah I knew I wanted to be financially stable because it was like look what can happen if you're not financially stable and like I never wanted to be in a place where I couldn't pay off like like where I'd be spending like my credit card balance was like bigger than my savings account or something like I read that like girl boss book like four years ago which was like not very good but the like one bit of advice that I took from it was like not spend like if you have a credit card like don't spend more than you have and I just think about that a lot and I did yeah I didn't have a credit card till I was like 25 I think 
Yeah, absolutely. I think that's, I think for you, I think it is a good idea to take a break from the daily budgeting to give yourself a little more room, right? And less anxiety around it. So you're not, you know, going out to eat or going to Dwayne Reed and then putting everything in a spreadsheet. Um, And just keep that in mind that you don't ever want to spend, that's a good rule of thumb. Like you don't want to spend more than you make. And then for you, what I would do is now with your new salary, then figure out at the beginning, right? So you know, this is what's going to come in in the month. How is the money going to be divvied up and then automate the savings so that it just comes out of the Yeah. And that, cause that's what I've been thinking is like, I don't do that where I don't have like a budgeting strategy strategy. And I think it's because I've always like been a single person. Like my income's not really mixed with like anyone else's. Like I don't have anyone else to take care of. Um, that definitely made a difference, but I never, I'm always like working backwards of like, I'm not seeing like money come in and then like budgeting it out. I'm just sort of like looking at it back. Like, but now I have all this like data of like my spending patterns for the last like two years. They're not like that different, like month to month. So I I agree with you. What I would do is go forward thinking. So know that you're going to bring in around 4,000 a month, right? Yeah. Okay. So then I would immediately put after you have your, we know you have your rent, right? And then I would target maybe, depending on where your budget is, maybe a thousand dollars to savings until you get that up to. You probably need about sixteen hundred or seventeen hundred, maybe two. Let's say two thousand a month to live on, right? Yeah. So get that up to um, six thousand, and then that here now that's your emergency fund. It's there for anything that comes up, and then anything over six thousand, you could either do, you could split the difference. You could do. Um, instead of a thousand dollars, you could do 500 towards a Roth IRA if you wanted to add more to retirement or, and then the other 500 and just an investment account for a long-term goal that we can name TBD. Yeah. I guess I'm just like so confused on how to invest. Like I don't understand it for some reason. It feels so complicated and almost like there's all of these like apps and like startups. And I do like, um, focus group sometimes is like a random because I do have like a couple side income things too like I sell right I'm posh right yeah okay and like I don't really take a lot of money from that because usually I just end up spending it like back in like buying clothes recently like my aunt like is like going through and like she worked at Saks for like years and years so she has like a ton and ton and ton of like designer clothes and asked me to help her sell it on Poshmark and it's like happening slowly but it's like she was like you can keep 40% so it's like a wow. easy money making opportunity for me so I'm like okay cool you are getting this opportunity where you have can make like the easiest money like what do you want to be doing with it like you don't want to well and the other thing and I, I just want to feel you out here if you after you get the emergency fund savings you could really get your student loans paid off in a year maybe a little over a year by putting a thousand dollars at it yeah, I think I need to like start. I want to start like maybe aggressively paying like. Because what what you could do is you could get your emergency fund up first, get your student loan paid off second, right? And then yeah. then by the time you're 28, you have an emergency fund, you have a really solid 401k, and you have no debt. Yeah, because that's what I keep for like because because this student- your mom has it right. Yeah, and she's been sort of controlling it, but I am in like a financial place where like. I don't really like because I just don't think about like it doesn't weigh on me a lot um so I kind of forget about it but it is still there and it would be really cool to be like like my brother paid his off already we're both very like fine like he's even more financially responsible than I am 
Yeah, I would actually do that. Why don't we do that? Because with the money that you're getting in, I think you could probably get your loans done in a year. And I think that would feel really good. And then you would, because you can put an extra $1,000 a month on that. And that $1,000 needs to be a principal only payment. Otherwise it's treated as an early payment, which won't help you at all. Okay. So I'll remember that. I'm seeing my mom later today, actually. So I'll, it's yeah. the timing for me to bring that up. Yeah. yeah. So I, after you get your emergency fund up, I would tackle that because you can use the extra money from Poshmark and your focus groups as well towards that. And then you can be done. So then by the time you're 28, you have no student loan debt. And then you can really, then you could probably put more than a thousand towards whatever our TBD long-term goal is. Yeah. Cause I keep, it's like, because the student loan isn't like, I don't think about it a lot. I always forget that, but it's like, what would it feel like to have no debt? Yeah. It would feel great. (laughs) Yeah. And you do it by the time you're 28, which is amazing. Yeah. I know my brother paid his off when he was like, 23 24 and I was just like I have like how like I would do that and then what I would tell your mom if she's in, running it for you is not everyone likes to use checks like nobody uses them anymore but if you make I would write a letter stating it's a principal only payment yeah the companies very often will not apply it that way unless it's done specifically and you just need to have proof like so in case it's not applied accurately you need to have proof that you spe- you specified that okay so you want to be able to defend it because if they don't do it, you're going to have to call up and say, here's the letter and here's the check memo. I mean, you can do it if you can do it online and you can have proof. I'm fine with that. But you just need to be able to defend it because I've seen them very often not apply it the right way. Yeah. And if, if they don't apply it the right way, it doesn't eliminate it as quickly. OK. Yeah. OK. I'll keep I might forget that immediately. Luckily, this is like coming out so I can listen to it again. And- <laughs> I won't forget but that's a really good idea because I would like to even though I forget about it like it would be nice to just not even have to because I yeah. sometimes think of like okay yeah you have like you have this money but like you're sort of like zero right now because you have basically the debt. yeah and because you can do a thousand dollars a month at it and then that would take probably 15 months obviously but you yeah. get the extra money from Poshmark so I do think you can get it done in a year yeah that would be crazy yeah, which would be I so I think that's what I would do and then, you know, if there's a month that you can't make the extra payment, then don't make the extra payment. But that would be my target. Try and get that paid off by 28. And then from there, we can save. And then you could save more money because you have your regular student loan payment plus the extra thousand you're putting on it. Yeah, because I do put like, um, I think like 200 towards it like every month. Um, so if that ends up being gone in the future, like that would just. I yeah, then you have $1,200 back in your budget. Yeah. Um, so, that, so that's what I would do. Okay. I think I could do that. And then like, cause I get very like, Oh, like I need to like be safe. Like I need to like invest and like, I need to, but I don't even have like your 401ks invested. Yeah. So that's an investment account. Yeah. I just forgot about that (laughs) (laughs) because it's, and it's like having these weird pressures, but it's like, they're like fake pressure. Like of like, they're they're self-imposed. Yeah. And that's unfortunate that's probably like where I got like I'm just hard really hard on myself and it worked out well because like I turned out okay and I feel like a lot like pretty financially stable for my age I guess like especially for like generalizations about like millennials or whatever especially like in New York but um and also like I'd like to like reevaluate like how I got here and like how could I be helpful towards like I, I was talking to my friends last night and they were sort of like mentioned that like they're like how did you like do this like end up financially like more stable and I was like I don't know maybe I should like help you guys like help other people because 
I figured out a way to do it as like a 28 year, you know, like making it happen in New York. Yeah, absolutely. No, you've done it. You've done a great job and you're correct that not everybody is in as good of a position. And I think for you, it's the ability to really be disciplined with your budget. So I I definitely think in like, I think tackling your student loans would make the most sense because I think that would feel really good to have that done. And then you'd have 1200 in your budget that you could put towards an investment account, you'd have a really good emergency fund. And then I'll probably keep challenging you to keep raising your 401 I know, I'll do it. It's just like, I know it's hard because it's like, there's no like immediate gratification. <laughs> yeah, it's all about the future. That means that you just, well, you'll be future rich. That's what I want to get you to. I know. And it's like, I like look at it now and I'm, I do see, because when I see the number go up, I check it every like five months or whatever. And I'm like, cool. Like I will have, that's like nice that I'll have that money like one day. Like I won't have to be as stressed for the future, especially when I'm in a place where like the future's like very confusing. Like I know I don't really want to be doing. I think I probably mentioned even last year. Yeah, I was hoping to like move out of my position, and it didn't happen this year. <laughs> but um, I'm hoping in the next like couple years, I would like to like totally like career pivot because I don't really care about ad like ad tech. Yeah, what you're doing? Yeah. <laughs> I think it would be, so that's why I think getting the loans done would be great because then you have a lot more flexibility because you have no debt and you have good savings. And that's an ideal time to make a career pivot because it won't be as financially stressful because you'll be in a really solid financial position. Yeah. And I won't have to like worry about, like, I obviously will always have to like pay rent and life expenses, but I won't have the added like, because if I won't pay, like I can't pay my loans, like then like I'll be screwed. Like... Yeah. So then you never have to worry about that again. You'll have, so you just, you'll just be having to worry about rent and utilities and food. Okay. That's a good, I like this idea of like, instead of me being like unnecessarily stressed about how I'm not like using my savings correctly and investing, like work on like this tangible goal first while like the future ones are still forming. Exactly. Yeah. So we know that we want to get rid of the student loan debt because that'll give you more freedom in the future for career choice. Yeah. Um, and then, and that's a, and it's a short-term goal, right? I think we can really, I really do think you can get it done in 12 months, especially with your side hustle. And then from there, you can set up an investment account for whatever the goal is. But I mean, then if you're putting 1200 away, I mean, that's going to be, let's say the market goes up that year, you could have a really comfortable account over $10,000 in it. Yeah. Which would be great. And then, yeah, because I would like to have some sort of investment account where the money is like a little easier to like bring in and out, I guess. Yeah, absolutely. But always remember investment accounts, you should not put money in the market unless you have a long-term horizon. So at least want to be willing to leave it in there, I would say four years. Mm-hmm. Just because the way life works is when you need it is when the market will be down. Yeah. So if it's like to buy a house or for a wedding or for a car, I would never recommend putting it in the market because that's if we know that you, let's say you're going to buy a car in 12 months and you wouldn't want to put it in the market because in 12 months we don't know what the value will be and if the account goes down then you're not gonna be able to get the car that you wanted or have the full amount or a house or wedding or whatever the the goal is yeah because I I, it's funny well it's like and it's like all of those goals are like not even anything I think about yet so it's like a little confusing I think for someone who's like single and like not planning on like make any of those moves yet about like what I should be saving for because I'm like I don't know because of, there's no there's nothing up there yet that's okay. Goal, like. yeah. that's okay so that's why I would focus on increasing your retirement savings emergency fund and getting the student loans paid off yeah 
because those are tangible. We know that you're going to retire at some at some point, right? Yeah, we know that you need an emergency fund, and we know that you don't want to keep the student loans. Yeah. And like, while I'm in a job that I'm like getting paid like a pretty good salary and exactly. like not having a ton of expenses, like this is probably when I should be. This is definitely when you should be tackling it because you have the, the free cash flow. Yeah. Does that make sense? Totally. That's a really good idea. I'm glad I, I liked it like reframed. It's like what I was thinking about, but bringing it like down to earth a little bit. Okay. Of- so maybe we'll check in in a year. Yeah. Okay. I said, hopefully student loans will be gone by then. And I'll like have an idea of like my next step. Okay. You'll think about, yeah. Think about some future goals. I mean, I think a next logical one would be to save money. Um, and even if you end up not using it to buy an apartment or a house, but like, it is always good to save money and have money available to yeah. you. You know, like if you're not spending it. It definitely would make sense to, to save it up and have it readily available until you know what the goal is. Yeah. No one's ever been like, oh, I wish I didn't save that $25,000. Like, I don't know what I'm going to do with it. Yeah. There's no harm. <laughs> yeah, there's no harm in doing that. So Trish, thanks for coming on. I hope I hope we talk to you next year and you have no student loans. Yeah, thank you so much. Yeah, absolutely. And for our listeners, if you would um, be so kind as to rate us or like us on, you can follow us on Instagram, iTunes, and Spotify. And if you want to learn more about your personal finance, you can check out our classes, which are in collaboration with SUNY Ulster at www.financial.com. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.